Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Angie Setzer. Angie, how are you today? I am doing well. How are you doing? I am doing finer than frog haircut three ways. It's uh, pretty pretty nice out here today. Yeah. You're at least getting to experience summer weather. You just had to travel across the world to do it, yeah, right? Halfway around so. the world to get it. It's 90 degrees here and, and uh, you know, a little humidity and hot. So it's... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what that felt like, so I needed to come over here and see. <laughs> I'm slightly jealous. I want to be able to complain about it being too hot. <laughs> it's... Uh, for a, a guy that lives in an area where there's no humidity, the humidity is... Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I'm from Michigan. Humid is just a constant state. Yep, yep, that's for sure. That is for sure. All right, so a few things going on. Obviously, the weather market stuff still bounced around out there. We got plenty of stuff going on there. We got soybeans that haven't been planted yet because it seems like uh, if we go three days without rain someplace, they get six days with rain. So it's, uh, it's a kind of a weird pattern that we're in. Yeah, but the market is cautiously trading the, um, you know, so cautiously trading corn and soybeans right now. So, what's your take on that, and 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 what do you think of the current situation? Yeah, I, the market doesn't know how to wrap its mind around what is taking place. I say the market. I mean, that's obviously the market defined as a bunch of people trading in the market, but. You know, I, I was listening to a market analyst yesterday, a very well-followed, well-respected, I, you know, I still think very well-respected market analyst, and, and he's still using like a 167 corn yield, which is interesting to me since the USDA, you know, had gone down to 166. Um, and he was, so he was still using the 167 and still kind of ignoring the idea that in a wet year, we tend to increase harvest abandonment. You know, 2013 was the last really wet year that we saw. And we uh, had, when I say harvest abandonment, you know, what that means is typically the USDA figures out of whatever acres we plant, we will harvest about 91.8% of those. That's, that tends to be a pretty traditional number. Uh, the rest go for grain. We harvest those for grain. The rest goes to silage or something like that. The last wet year that we saw, 2013, uh, we ended up harvesting around 89% of that. And I think that that is probably a pretty solid number. So while trade's debating how many acres actually got it, got planted, I'm kind of looking at the idea of how many acres are actually going to get harvested. More than that, those that have gotten planted, you know, especially after. Um, but, you know, the reality is, looking at um looking at what's going on i mean can we can we blame anyone for being confused about what's taking place here when we have a 135 to a 167 we have a lot of folks saying that trend line's still possible that we aren't going to lose as many acres as what we had initially thought you know we just have this back and forth and so you know we've traded weather markets in the past and a weather market in the past is simply you wait until sunday night you come in if there's rain in the forecast you sell it if there's no rain in the forecast, you buy it. Because all we really know how to trade in a weather market is drought. And so how do you trade floods? 
How do you trade delayed planting? I mean, I took a trip from central Michigan to South Bend yesterday. Really didn't go all that far. You know what I mean? It's only a two hour drive, but, um, you know, crop looks phenomenal for Mother's Day. And it's not Mother's Day, it's June 21st. And we're expecting more cold temperatures and wet weather, you know, through the, the well, the U- National Weather Service released yesterday, July, August, SEP, uh, below normal temperatures, above normal precip for much of the Corn Belt. So, you know, I'm to the point now where, yeah, it's planted, but is it going to finish? So I, I just, I can't blame folks that have no idea how to grow a corn crop. I can't blame them for not knowing, um, you know, what they should be trading when it comes to forecasts and things of that nature, because I have limited knowledge on what it takes to grow a corn crop and I'm as confused as anyone. So um, that's really where we're at right now is, is just really trying to get our arms around what exactly is taking place in the countryside. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing that I'm seeing as well. I mean, everywhere you look, the corn that's up, some of it looks good. Some of it doesn't look good. About the time you get a little warmth that comes through, then a cold spell comes back through. I mean, just the other day, I was reading some articles about, you know, northern Minnesota and, and southern Canada were worried about getting snow already, you know? Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, there, there's just a lot of crazy stuff going on with the weather right now. And and it's just, like you said, there no one knows what to do here. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out and, and how things move forward. So. Yeah. One, one thing that popped up here. On the- yeah. And I mean, there's some areas that look pretty decent, you know, I- go ahead. No, keep going. They're fine. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, there's some pla- places that look pretty decent. I have friends that are in parts of Iowa that it looks really good, but it's also still quite far behind. I mean, we've had this running joke for the longest time now that, you know, knee high by the 4th of July, har, 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 it's a uh, head high and pollinating. And this year, you know, you really are going to be looking for knee high by the 4th of July, um, just about everywhere. I mean, pollination at this rate looks like it'll be, you know, about co- coinciding about the time that the crop tour is rolling through, you know, with the way things are going. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. There's, it's a long growing season left. Yep. And the flip side of that, you go to the Southeast and they can't buy a drop of rain. I mean, it's just, it's so dry out there that they're worried about their crops making it because of lack of water and not lack of too much water. So it's, yeah, it's going to, it's just a crazy growing year this year. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. One, one more thing. President Trump and your best friends again, it sounds like, and they're going to get back together and have a little powwow. Yeah. So what? Two weeks away from having a deal. Right. When that happens. And that how that always exactly. works. Exactly. Yeah. The G20. The, so it just seems like we were, we were just talking the G20 meeting in December. So uh, that was the last time we did get the number, the the conversation out that the, you know, that they'd sat down and had their steak dinner and decided that they loved each other again. So we'll yeah. see what happens, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, a lot of folks are really positive with what's going to take place here. And, and I think that, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to think. I thought we would have a deal in place by the last 4th of July. So I guess I should have just been like, by 4th of July, some year and I'd have been right. So maybe it happens this year, this month. I'm not holding my breath just simply because I've been holding my breath since last May. Um, but we really need it for the hog market. I mean, that's why you've seen the hog market really sell off. We ramped up all of this production with this idea that you're going to see, you know, huge Chinese imports. And we have seen big Chinese imports from Brazil and the European Union. So we're really oversupplying our, our pipeline 
with the hopes that we'll see something happen on the export side of things. And we haven't seen it. So, you know, maybe we can get something, you know, situated sooner than later, but we'll know more in the next couple of weeks. By knowing more, that means nothing. I mean, we'll just know if it's successful or not. That's it. <laughs> like that's yeah. at this point, I am not uh, expecting much, but I will, I will gladly be happily surprised. Yeah. No, I hear you. So, well, Angie, it's great talking with you again. Um, folks want to reach out to you, pick your brain, maybe get some ideas from you. How would they do that? Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Goddess of Grain, or you can email me at asetzer at citizenselevator.com. All right, Angie. Well, until next time, have a good one. We'll talk to you again next week. You too. Thank you. Alrighty. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. Moving iron in the 21st century.